Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by CatholicSingles.com is ringing in the new year with savings for singles. You can save 20% by using the promo code BREADBOX when you register for a new account. Come meet other faithful Catholics and make 2020 a year to remember. Welcome to the John 3.30 Podcast. He must increase, I must decrease, is the message John 3.30 invites us to live. Incorporating this into our everyday lives can be a challenge. What keeps your fire burning? We have many wonderful ways to stay close to our faith, whether it be the Mass, spiritual readings, prayer, adoration, or the Rosary. This is Catholic Faith Life, and here's our host, Jason Nunez. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the John 330 podcast. This is your host, Jason Nunez, and welcome to episode number 94. Uh, 94 episodes so far of the John 330 podcast. We're almost there to episode 100, which is a goal we've had for, for quite some time. Uh, past episodes, I've been teasing him that I'm really not really sure what I'm going to do for episode 100 to mark the milestone. And uh, I, I'm about 80% confident of the plan I have that is going to be put in place. So just kind of leave that out there, let you know that we're going to have a, a big announcement and we're going to have a very special guest joining us on episode 100. And uh, you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Before we get there, though, I do have an amazing guest today. I have Charlotte Osterman. Um, and I, I honestly, I don't know Charlotte, but she actually was recommended to me by a listener, by a listener who I don't even know. So just someone who listens to the podcast and they recommended Charlotte. They said a lot of nice things about her. They pointed me to her website. I looked it over and reached out to her. And just after a couple of emails, we we're able to schedule this. Thanks be to God with the uh, technology we have available to us due to the donations and the blessings that listeners like you have, have sent our way. We're able to make this happen. And I'm able to record podcasts, not only with people in San Antonio, but all across the world. So that way we can learn how the world keeps their fire burning for our Catholic faith. So let's go and get started as the way we normally do, and that is in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, 
deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus grants me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus grants me the grace to desire it. That, in the opinion of the world, others may increase, and I may decrease, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen, and I set aside, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised, and I go unnoticed, Jesus grants me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus grants me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus grants me the grace to desire it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alrighty. Without further ado, I want to welcome my very special guest for episode number 94. That is Charlotte Osterman. Hello, Charlotte. How are you? Good morning. I'm really fine. I love that prayer. Thank you for it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today uh, on the podcast. Uh, if you can do me a favor and share with us a little bit about yourself, please. Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm an author and a speaker. I've written about the Sabbath, Sabbath keeping, and uh, I write about freedom. I work with a lot of people sort of in private friendship counseling, I call it, or some of my friends call me freedom coach. Um, I like to help people realize their ideas. Uh, I am a word person, uh, and I like to promote people becoming uh, people of the word. And I love the Catholic Church, and um, I would say that's the highest context of my life, and everything else makes sense within that context. Wow. I've never heard it put as such, the highest context of my life. That That's... That's that's really really eloquently put. I really because that, that really all encompasses everything because it's really what your what what your priority is, right? The highest content. Yes, it really life. does. Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, you have a website uh, for those listening. It's charlotteosterman.com, and that's Charlotte spelled the um, standard way: C H A R L O T T E. And Osterman is O S T E R. M A N N two N's at the very end of that uh, dot com. Yes. And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of information on you. We really, really want to compliment you <laughs> uh, on your website. It's really um, it's not just one directional, but there's a lot of information on here in different. Yeah, different I have never types. been able to narrow myself down to one <laughs> tagline. That's for sure. <laughs> well, there's there's a uh, there's stuff for Catholic educators on here. You have a blog. Uh, there's poetry on there, and there's um, you have uh, audio on there, so you have you know talks that you give in the past, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so um, a lot of good information. So this has taken a great deal of time, and is essentially a lifetime of work that you have online. So what I want to ask you, Charlotte, is how do you keep your fire burning for our Catholic faith? What is it about our faith that just has you? Um, I would say that might be my one tagline, is that holy leisure is the key. 
and uh, <laughs> ages and ages ago when I began really learning about the the need to keep the Eucharistic Sabbath holy. I would say that was the key to everything else I've done. It gave me an interior spaciousness uh, with which to approach all my other projects, um, just an ease in living life. I try to say to people as often as I can that if you start keeping the Sabbath well and holy in a way that helps you to move toward your interior freedom, then that Sabbath rest begins to permeate the rest of your life, uh, the rest of your week, and it's as though you live in Kairos more yeah, than you live in Kronos sometimes. <laughs> of course, I also live very much in Kronos, obviously, <laughs> but you know, there's that sense of this timelessness sort of invading uh, my natural time and giving me just really kind of amazing... Um, capacity for developing relationships and working on new creative projects and that sort of thing. For those who are, who are, who are listening, who may have, who may have heard the terms before, but maybe not be familiar overall, can you kind of help us understand what you mean by Kairos and Kronos? Yeah, the, the Kronos time is your chronological time that's going by the clock. What I would say is your time in the temporal spatial world. But Kairos is, is time outside time, and mm. you enter into that through Sabbath rest, you enter into that through entering into the presence of Christ, and that's where God's operating outside time, and you're not constrained by time in the same way that you are on a natural basis. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. So holy leisure is a key to human being freedom and generativity. Am I saying that right? Generativity. generativity. Yeah. I think we as Catholics can go beyond just creativity. Human creativity is a natural thing. A lot of people participate in that, but because we have access to a whole different dimension of, of God's being, um, we have the capacity to really generate new forms, almost bring truly new things into the world that, uh, that help convey him into the world. Holy leisure. So overall, are, are we, when, when we say holy leisure, are we talking like, you mean like in your leisure time, you're, you're still spending that time, I guess that may fall under, under the Kronos word, in the context of our Catholic faith. Yeah, I would say, so for a long time before I wrote um, Souls at Rest about Eucharistic Sabbath, I pondered, pondered, pondered uh, Joseph Pieper's book, Leisure, the Basis of Culture, and so I've recommended that to dozens of people. It, it was sort of a seminal, uh, really the seed for my work, uh, because I, I had to chew on that and find what that meant in my life. And I had an opportunity in uh, a long vacation. My husband's a university professor, and we had a long sabbatical, and I had just buckets of time to pray and be in churches and rest and enjoy life. And I, I felt uh, rested at a level that was so much deeper than anything I had ever experienced before, just profound good coming to me through that rest. And I actually ended up feeling 
<clears throat> kind of upset that I, how can you go back to all of your friends and say, hey, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if everybody got a nine-month sabbatical to do that kind of praying and that kind of rest? And I cried out to God, how can I have this and not be able to share this awareness of this deep rest that's possible and how how much different it is from any of the daily life that I've ever been able to live in real time. And he showed me really, truly, that absolutely everything I had received from all this buckets of rest was available to everyone who receives the Eucharist. Mm. And so then I understood that it is not anything lacking in the Eucharist, but something lacking in my capacity to receive, to appropriate what he's giving every single time he gives himself in the Eucharist. He gives the all of this this profound rest. So then I began to understand what what it meant that I needed an interior spaciousness. I needed an interior capacity to correspond with the reality that was coming literally into me through that Eucharist. And so that became the impetus for an approach to Sabbath keeping that is what I call tonic. Uh, it's like when you have a string and you're trying to get it to play the right note. Mm -hmm. It can be too tight or it can be too loose to play the right note. And I saw that a lot of people's approach to Sabbath keeping was either to make a lot of rules and a lot of activities, a lot of things you have to do on Sabbath to make it holy, or the opposite, to release all form, to release all constraint, to just relax to the point where I call that the bubble bath Sabbath. <laughs> and I realized that true freedom was tonic. It was a, a much more beautiful tone that was possible through true interior freedom and that the Sabbath to be real for me needed to bring me toward my freedom. So my approach to the holy leisure, to Sabbath keeping, is that you need to discover what it means to be free, and then the Sabbath, so for instance, someone who's busy, 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 busy all week, and doing, 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 may need to approach the Sabbath very differently than someone who is isolated at home and never gets a chance to be with anybody except on Sunday. But both of them have to consider their own freedom. Mm. And that be, that's part of the struggle, is that you can't just look outside yourself for someone else to make the rules, and then you also find yourself in tension with all the people around you who aren't doing the same thing, and how do you how do you make a response to your Sabbath keeping that actually brings you more and more and more freedom? And sometimes it has to be just a symbolic act that in freedom you adopt to signify to yourself, this is where I'm going with my Sabbath. I want to become more free. So, for instance, when I had little kids, one time my Sabbath practice was... I will not wear a watch on the Sabbath day. And then a thousand times a day when I looked at my wrist, wondering what time it was, I would be reminded, this is the Sabbath day. This uh -huh. is the Sabbath day. We're moving toward freedom. We're releasing the demand for Kronos as we enter Kairos. But that 
Uh, so I try to invite people to the creativity of designing their own Sabbath practice that corresponds to their own interior freedom. Wow. <laughs> this is a great way to, if this is a great even exercise or practice or approach someone can take if they feel like their life is out of balance. Because they can use the Sabbath to kind of help bring balance to their life. Because they can look at what they're mm-hmm. doing and go, okay, I'm not going to do what I'm doing during the week on the Sabbath. So that way I can kind of balance out my life. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's looks like this is a whole trilogy you have. Uh, just kind of looking at your website here, holy. There, there's yeah, a I'm working holy on the last one trilogy. now. It's called Souls at Play, and I've had to play for a while before writing it. <laughs> but the, the sure. second one is Souls at Work, and um, yeah, I hope we'll get Souls at Play out in the next year. Is my my desire. Although God keeps throwing impediments in, it's just so funny. <laughs> When you're playing with God, He plays. He, <laughs> he, he plays really rough does. sometimes <laughs> and throws impediments in your way and new adventures in your way. And so I can be approaching that and uh, leave it to Him as to whether that dream is realized this year or not. But that's my hope. Excellent. Yeah, it's, uh, what, what's the saying? Um, uh, when you make plans, God laughs. Because it's like, oh, so those are your yeah. plans. Okay, no, we're going <laughs> to yeah. switch it up and we're going to do this instead. And it's like, well, okay. That's uh, that's what's going to happen. So yeah, it looks like the first the first two installments of this trilogy um, you already mentioned, Souls at Rest, and that's an exploration exploration of the idea of Sabbath, and then there's also Souls at Work, an invitation to freedom, and uh, coming soon is the Souls at Play, a reflection of creativity. So mm-hmm. hey, so you're kind of in the part of your life where now you're at play. That's that's great. <laughs> that's it's uh, lovely. Yes, it's indeed. lovely. And the, I would say that's the that's the spaciousness. You you become able as you become more and more free, and more and more reflecting what God's wanting to do through your life. You become more able to play in the whole territory of yourself it becomes an adventure more and more to be with God. He's around every corner doing things like peekaboo and and Easter egg (laughs) hunt with you, you know. (laughs) Sure. So uh, scrolling down at some of the other books that you have here, this looks like this may be some of your earlier work, but this this kind of my my eyes kind of went to this when I saw it. Um, The title of the book is How to Plan a Great Catholic Event. Oh, yeah. Uh 90 plus pages of good advice. From Catholic event planners. As someone who has tried to plan a Catholic event, looks like this is something that I'd want to read here. Yeah, I think you can still get it for free there because I haven't, you know. Yeah, I think it's still there free. Yes, yeah, um, you can just the download website. the whole thing. And I, I exactly, I I know that it's hard to plan <laughs> an event, and I thought it's so beautiful. The people who will invite me to speak for a retreat or a day of reflection and i'm always so appreciative of the work that they have done to to plan and promote an event it's just amazing and i i I just wanted to gift them gift other people who wanted to do that with maybe some framework for approaching because it's a real ministry for people to do that work i get to drop in and have the fun of being the speaker but they've done (laughs) all this planning work that's just tremendous and sometimes they don't realize that that is a a really beautiful uh, ministry to the church and i i just want them to know that i fully support them in that work (laughs) as much as i can yes um 
there as being a part of a, a team who has put together whether it's been retreats uh weekend retreats day retreats um other type of catholic events even our rcia sessions that we have every single week that's an event that we put together every single week uh-huh. for, for those who are discerning and coming into the catholic church um there's a lot to be considered there's a it's not just a matter of okay what where are we going to have this there's a lot more that goes on into that and one of the things that's that, right one of the things that i think always kind of is the the major point is the food <laughs> oh my gosh yeah people and now with all the dietary restrictions and yes. things that gets very complex. <laughs> it does. It does. As someone who's thrown a wrench into the group with certain dietary restrictions myself that I've had in the past, um, that's that's a big thing to consider and something to be mindful of. But the the, the food is always something because it's a, it always begins yeah. with how many people do we have? Okay, how much food do we need? <laughs> There's always to answer one question, you need to answer another, right? So it's um, yeah. Well, and see, that's the creative process. So you ask, why is a poet writing a book about how to plan an event? Partly because I'm a very organized person and I've done event planning, but partly because I love uh, letting people know this is the part of the creative process. You don't have to be an artist to exercise human creativity. Anytime you have something like you just described, you have a number of constraints that you have to work. You've got a budget. You've got dietary problems. You've got how much time you've got available, not only for the event, but how much time do you have available to plan it, You, how limited your team is to work with you. You have all these constraints, just like an artist does. And when an artist has a lot of constraints, it invites their creativity to create something new within those constraints, using those constraints to to generate a new form that takes all that into consideration and responds to it. And so those event planners are doing what I'm doing with poetry. They're they're facing the tension and then they're responding to it creatively, which is exactly what I just described with designing your Sabbath you are facing the tension of all the different elements of your Sabbath, and then you're making a creative response that actually brings into play your ideal of offering the Sabbath as a holy leisure, as an invitation to freedom for your soul. So this is all creativity. Uh, so it really does make sense. It is all connected. <laughs> it's not a, a lot of different things. It's all connected. And then souls at work is, I realize that people need help learning to bear attention. Yes. So souls at work is an, you know, an invitation to this life of bearing more and more attention so that you can exercise greater and greater freedom. You grow in freedom as you make those creative responses to the tensions you face. Looking on your website, it also says here that you're a veteran homeschooler. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm 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 sure we we definitely have um, some a good amount of listeners here that do homeschool their children. Uh, for those who have heard about homeschooling, but go now I'm going to send my child to, you know, Catholic school because you know I want the faith to be a part of their education. Or um, I like to do that. I can't afford it, so we're sending them to public school. And at home, parents are the catechists, the first catechists. So mm-hmm. we're we're going to make sure that we catechize our children. Um, can you kind of talk about the benefits of homeschooling and just kind of what 
what all comes with that type of a decision? You know, pros, cons, it's... Well, for me, it was it, it was easy because I had some bad experiences with one child in the public schools, and I just wanted to spend that time with them. And I don't I, I say that cautiously because I don't want to make it sound like, oh, the parents who send their kids to school don't want to be with them. Sure. But I just I really loved spending that time and having each child get to be there when the new child was born and getting to spend more time together. But I, I wanted the freedom to to learn myself. I felt like my own education had not been great, uh, and I wanted the freedom to share the new things I was learning about the faith and about education and about everything uh, with my kids. I kind of wanted to share the journey with them. I I loved reading out loud. Oh, my gosh, some of my favorite hours in life have been long, cuddly reading out louds with my kids. Um, my friends who have their kids in school say, oh, my gosh, how could you homeschool? It must be so hard. And I turn to them just laughing, saying, how could you get your kids up every morning and have to go to school, get out of your pajamas and go to school? You know, so there's hard things on both sides. Um, and then there's there's middle ground. There's uh, homeschoolers who are generating new schools for their older children. So there's some creative good things going on there. I think the key, though, is to be consciously making the decision instead of just collapsing into the decision is made for you by default. When, when you face the tension of how you're going to educate your kids and you look at some of the options, this is part of what is in um, Souls at Work, is some of the different educational models present tension for you because they, they don't resolve into easy answers. You, you really have to face the tension. Mm-hmm. And when you respond to that, uh, to the best of your ability, creatively considering your kids' needs and your needs and all your constraints, then you actively build something you build yourself in freedom whereas if you just check the box labeled i sent my kid to a catholic school so i don't have to think about it or i sent my kid to a public school so i don't have to pay for it um some other expert decided for me what's best for my kid then then you don't get the exercise of placing your faith intention making a creative response so that's what i do is just try to help people make that decision. And if they're going to homeschool, I have, you know, another book, <laughs> Upschooling, which is um, years and years of my favorite uh, uh, seminars and things that I've done for homeschoolers. And Joseph Pierce gave me a great endorsement for that. So uh, I would think that's good advice uh, for anybody, whether they're educating their kids at home or school or uh, it, it, there's a lot that they can get out of of that about just having conversations with their kids at home. Excellent. Yeah, it's 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 you know being being a part of a parish, we we definitely have um, friends that that do homeschool the children, and actually even on a, on New Year's Eve, we we're talking with the couple that do the same, and um, it's. You know, it seems like there's a lot of benefits to going that direction. You know, there's, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of ways to make sure your child is still social and they're, though that part of development is still happening. You, you know, it's not just a matter of them being at home and you're, you're with them all the time. There's even programs where they're homeschooled and they go to a school on certain days. Absolutely. That's a great combination for some people or a cooperative, you know, right. where you're with other families and sharing the load a little bit that's been very helpful and i love to see those things develop because 
they they correspond to the reality of life in community and not just alone. Right. <laughs> right. And one thing that yeah. I've kind of learned over these past 94 episodes that I've done speaking to people and asking them how they keep their fire burning for a Catholic faith is, is that word you just mentioned, um, community. It really is the common thread that's being woven through all of these episodes where mm-hmm. community is one of the main the main aspects of our faith that is helping people. And like that rings true in my life too. You know, living in a city where my family, where all of my family does not live, my parents, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, you know, it's very much my wife, my children and I, and our, our, at our parish, our community has become an extension of the family that raised us. And they've become our, like our San Antonio family, if you will. Which is which is really a beautiful aspect of our faith. Yes, it is, and we're not meant to live alone. We're not individuals, just me and Christ. It's not about me and Christ. It's right. me and Christ in His body, the Church. The body of the Church. And I think part of what we have failed to do as the Church is learn to live in community. So that's one thing that I do see homeschooling bringing to the Church is this intense desire and need for the support of community. And when you send your kids to school, you don't necessarily get involved with those other families. But uh, if homeschooling is bringing a greater sense of community to the church, then it's doing a a really important work because uh, we're not going to be able to turn and face the world until we are a we. Yes. Uh, I kind of I laugh. I tell people I have this evangelical heart, but I won't <laughs> evangelize because I think it is we as a community, as the body of Christ, who are meant to evangelize. And until there's a we, we have something lacking in in what we turn and offer to the world. Very, very true. Very true. That's um, it's it's really it's and it's kind of interesting too because our friends who are homeschooling their 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 children. You know, when it comes to the part of the their education to where, you know, I, so sometimes they homeschool them all the way through middle school and then they 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 go to a private school or a public school once they get to high school. They're essentially ahead of the game, you know, uh-huh. academically, you know, they're they're in AP classes or in they're taking classes that go towards college credits, you know, so it's. It's almost like you're really you're you're giving your child not a head start but a good a good leg to stand on to kind of go forward uh-huh. as well. Yeah, you've actually helped them retain some interior spaciousness because they haven't been there under the stresses and the what I call the compressive force of the stresses of school. So you've helped them retain an interior poetic sort of spaciousness that it's amazing when they go to college, they may not have uh, had all the subjects that someone would have had in school, but they have a capacity to receive uh, that is kind of amazing. And they, and they find that they are able to take in and appropriate more from a lecture or a book than a lot of times we see the typical college student doing, and that is, again, the same thing I've been talking about all along, that interior spaciousness develops a capacity to receive. That's what we want our Sabbath to do for the Eucharist, is give us a greater capacity to receive and appropriate uh, 
the Eucharist blessings there. So this is it all this, goes together. That's why I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pull back and just right. have one thing because it's all the same thing. And, and, and it's all connected, and and it all. It, it all incorporates our faith and it's I can understand now just like you mentioned there you just can't kind of zero in on one avenue if you will you know there's there's a little a, a little bit of everything which is great because there's there's something yeah. for for everyone compared to just being one emotional and it's you know my content is about this only you know you, there's something that appeals to a lot of different people which is which is fantastic um, now, just one more, one more, you know, area I want to kind of talk to you about before I get to our parting questions here, if I will. Um, you're, you're also a Catholic speaker, uh-huh. and you, you have various talks that you actually have um, available on your website as well. Yes, yes. There's a list and list and list of talks on the website. There's uh, clips from some of the talks that I can provide others. There's a few YouTube talks. Uh, I think there's a YouTube from my last year. I spoke for the Chesterton Conference. That was a good mm-hmm. one. I, I think it has made it to YouTube by now. Um, so, yeah, you can experience that <laughs> before you contact me. And I also generate, I create talks for your event. So I love doing that, working with people and saying, let's pick and choose what, what's the best thing for your event, and I'll create something new you so you you just mentioned the chesterton conference this is something uh-huh. i've i've heard of in the past um can, can you kind of shed some more light on us on on what a chesterton conference is oh the chesterton conference well, i was real lucky that it was in kansas city last year so that's right near me yep, close by you uh it is a gathering of people from all walks of life and protestants and catholics and i guess some non-christians that uh, just love the work of G.K. Chesterton, the writings that uh, seem to speak from the 1920s seem to speak right into today's world. Um, Everything that comes from his mouth is wisdom, and he's got a great sense of humor. So all the what I think of as the Chestertonian type uh, is a person with a real robust sense of humor. Um, I call them spherical human beings, uh, partly because Chesterton himself was kind of spherical, so that's a play, uh, kind of a pun on Chesterton's being rotund. Uh, He was a super intelligent man. He wasn't a uh, theologian, but his work has led a lot of people to the faith and into the church. He just seems prescient. Uh, his wisdom extends over all kinds of topics. He was interested in everything. And so that's kind of the feel that you get. I, I just love people who love him because they seem to already ha- be like prepared soil for receiving new ideas and um, to bear a lot of tension because they have some really rich uh, infrastructure there from his writings. And also, you know, Chesterton, he was a convert to, to um, Catholicism yep. mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, he was a convert, and so he kind of sings to my heart there, uh, <laughs> yes. because I'm a convert, And but uh, it's, it's beautiful the way he had relationships with people who were very much not Christian at yep. all, and they argued about things, but he was always tremendously respectful. And um, so you see, even in his arguments with people outside the faith, you see a model for interacting with people with a robust faith, but without hammering anybody with it. 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of see, uh, you know, Chesterton almost as like a way of life, if you will. A lot of people that I've met who are really into G.K. Chesterton, they're all kind of similar, if you know what I mean. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. all, they're all like, I, I could see other people that I know who also like Chesterton and other people. So it's, it's interesting how they, they're all kind of similar in a way. And, um, you know, either way, all intelligent people, you know, well read and, you know, their humor is on a, a very pun level, if you will, which yeah. which is definitely very Chesterton as well. We definitely like to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. There, there's actually a San Antonio Chesterton Society. Oh, um, are you in? No, I, I'm not. I'm not. I've, I've heard of it in the past and just people that I know of have kind of talked about it. And it's like, oh, I've that's that's kind of I'd be kind of curious to kind of, you know, check out one of their meetings They meet. Oh, uh, yeah. They meet once a month. And I, I can just imagine, you know, the a room full of people just kind of talking about Chesterton and sharing stories and uh, all kinds of stuff there. That's um. Yeah, he's, and he's Sounds real like accessible to new people. Yep. Um, his, you know, his essays, his, his fiction, there's just such a, a wealth there. Um, the Chesterton Society, Chesterton 101 is Dale Alquist's book. So I'll give a little plug for that because I normally would never uh, recommend that you read someone about... Uh, an author, I would recommend that you just read that author. But but Dale has done a masterful job of distilling from all these different kinds of genres that Chesterton writes in, and he has a series on EWTN too that you can get as an introduction to Chesterton. So if you didn't have a local group, you could begin maybe with Dale's EWTN series, get drawn in read his Chesterton 101 to get the overview and then see what resonates with you and go to the things that you think you'd enjoy the most in his writing. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for that recommendation. Uh, any of our listeners who have heard of G.K. Chesterton in the past, maybe even uh, I know on our Catholic radio station here at Guadalupe Radio Network, in between commercials, they play these Chesterton Minute sound bites. Where, oh, well, I love that. So, so that's, that's kind of neat. So for anyone who's heard um, um, Catholic Radio and they've played those Chesterton minutes in, in between programming, in between different shows and you're kind of curious as to more about G.K. Chesterton you know, there's, there's a good resource that, that Charlotte just left you right there so thanks so much for sharing that um, uh, we're going to go ahead and get to our parting questions here okay alrighty, so here's where we're, we're going to get to know a little bit more about Charlotte we have already within the episode and thank you so much for sharing what you have it's been fantastic um here's to get to know a little bit more about you though so charlotte if you could have a superpower what would it be and why i think it would be to touch people immediately with the message you know we wait so long for getting to the most important thing so i always wish that i could just be bolder about meeting somebody brand new and just going right to the chase. God loves you. I see it. I see your love. I see your beauty. Um, I don't have the boldness quite yet. I do it every now and then. 
and it surprises me as much as it surprises that person. But when it happens, I feel like it's a superpower the spirit has conveyed. Um, maybe it's easier the older I get. Um, because with gray hair and sort of a motherly look, you might walk up to people more easily and say things like that. But uh, <laughs> when, I, when it's happened, I've loved those experiences, and I would love the power to do that just freely more and more in my life. Excellent, excellent. I, I think the, the look definitely would help with that superpower as well, just like you mentioned. <laughs> it, certainly <Yeah>. would, <laughs> it certainly would help people's defenses not be as up you know, as quickly. Right. So, uh, next question. Um, if you, um, okay. Next question is who is your favorite saint? Oh, I love, um, St. Elizabeth. Uh, Seton is my patron saint. Ah. Um, she also was a convert and she taught her children. So she's my patron saint. Uh, I love St. Philip Neri. Uh, he's mm. a prayerful person and a humorous person. We're hoping G.K. Chesterton gets canonized, but that yes. hasn't happened yet. <laughs> right. uh, Cardinal Newman is now, I can claim him as a favorite saint, and uh, he was the inspiration for one of my books. He said, you know, our, the, the glory of our, our faith is that we dare to do something, and his sermons are just rich, rich, rich. Uh, so I so appreciate uh, Cardinal Newman for for what he contributed to my life. Oh, there's too many, though. I better shut up. I've got too many favorite saints. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's uh, the question has to be posed as, who is your dream team of saints? Because there's just so oh, many there we go. to yeah. mention. You really oh just kind of narrow it down to something? one. Yes. We're going to have so much fun in heaven meeting them all. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed we are. Um, where is the coolest Catholic place you've ever been to? You know, when you uh, say that, my first thought was went to Mont Saint Michel. Uh, I loved that at high tide you couldn't escape. <laughs> you had to watch the how the tide uh, was going to get out there, and then it was a stark rock, almost a cold environment. But I have never felt the presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament as strongly as I felt when I went there. Um, it, it was just profound experience for me. So I don't know if it had anything to do with the place, but I I would love to go back, and I think anybody would enjoy just seeing Mont Saint Michel. It's something otherworldly and wonderful. So Mont Saint Michel, where where is that exactly? It's up the north coast of France. France, gotcha. gotcha. But you have to watch the tide tables. <laughs> <laughs> you can only get out there. Uh, the spit of land gets covered with water at certain times a day. <laughs> n- n- not necessarily a, a daily concern we have in Texas or in Missouri, but, uh, right. <laughs> so, okay. Um, if you could describe how you live your faith with a hashtag, what would the hashtag be? I would have to say invitation to freedom. Hashtag because invitation that's, to freedom. you know, yeah. that's really sort of, um, what I keep finding myself doing <laughs> is inviting people to be free because it's such a wonderful adventure. Indeed. And that, that Holy Leisure, Leisure uh, trilogy is kind of, that's all kind of speaking to that because you're addressing yes, it is. You know, the, the different aspects. So that's fantastic. That's and then fantastic. The, the whole Freedom trilogy is, uh, is about that in, in a workbook, in a language that God gave to help really exercise your ability to, to work into freedom. So that's what that's about. Fantastic. And lastly, uh, what message do you want to leave for our listeners? 
I would like for anyone listening to know that you can actually contact me, and if you need anything, I'm actually present. I answer emails, I answer letters, I respond. Uh, one of the keys to freedom is to develop the capacity to respond, and so often you find people that don't seem able to respond, and uh, if freedom has given me anything, it's that I do respond. So if anybody out there needs me or wants to talk, I actually respond <laughs> to people. Sometimes they think I'm kidding, uh, but I, I really do. So fantastic, and I I can definitely echo what you're saying when you when you mention that you respond because uh, you respond to my email, and that's kind of how we're making this happen here. So, yeah, um, <laughs> and thank you for that email. I appreciate this invitation. It's been fun. It certainly has. I want to give a special thanks and a shout-out to uh, Caitlin Michelle. She is the listener who sent me an email through my website and recommended you and uh, directed me to your website as well. So thanks so much, Katie. Greatly appreciate thank that. Thank you. Thank, thank you for listening, Katie, and thank you for the recommendation. Um, well, um, Charlotte, I do want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day and sharing with us how you keep your fire burning for our Catholic faith. Um, in John 3.30, we do find he must increase, I must decrease. Uh, I want to thank the executive... Indeed. I do want to thank the executive producers for this week's episode. That is uh, Dr. Jeff Vista, uh, Mr. Christopher Lehman, my, my, my brother Joe Nunez, and as a special anonymous donor gave us a generous donation a couple weeks ago. Thank you all so much, along with the 2019 Men's Axe team as well. Thank you all so much for your generous donations. You helped the John 330 podcast um, to make this a reality for us to release episodes every week, for us to pay for the, the distribution for it to go to, to everywhere where you can hear the podcast. Because of you, that is possible. Thank you so much for your generosity. Um, if you like what you hear and you either want to support the podcast or you want to be a guest and share how you keep your fire burning for a Catholic faith, by all means, you can definitely do so. You can reach out to me on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can also send me an email as well if you like. Uh, I also respond to emails just like Charlotte as well. <laughs> uh, my, my email is john330podcast at gmail.com. Um, I do want to give your email as well, Charlotte, so that way if people want to get a hold of you, they certainly have a way to do so. Yes, thank you. Um, yes, indeed. They can go to your website. Um, I, that's what I did. I filled out the form, so that's how you respond to me. Um, so if you like, you can definitely do that. Uh, once again, it's a charlotteosterman.com. Um, we can give out your email as well, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So that's uh, charlotteosterman1919 at the end of that at gmail.com and um, with that uh, we are going to end this week's episode the way we end all our episodes which also happens to be the same way the Nunez family ends our time in prayer uh, every time um, and ends our time in mass every time we attend and that is by praying the intercessory prayer to St. Michael the Archangel so here we go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen St. Michael the Archangel Defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke them, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, Have a great rest of your day, and God bless you all. 
voice came down with the dove This is my son and I am pleased He must increase so I must decrease And now my heart is open wide I must decrease so he can increase He is the center of my life He must increase He must increase He must increase Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Redbox Media. Experience coffee like never before.